Welcome back to Lunch with a Life Coach. I'm your host, Kaylee, and today we're having a big serving of curiosity for lunch with the wise and insightful Vanessa Osorio Laughlin. Vanessa is the founder of Bannister Advisors, whose mission is to ease the complex emotional and logistical burdens that individuals and families confront in the face of critical circumstances across their lifespan. So clearly, this is going to be a good conversation. And while dance is what originally brought Vanessa into my life, we had this kind of cosmic alignment moment after class one day where she felt compelled to share about her own work with her nervous system. And once I shared that that is the work that I do, it was like the stars aligned. And as they say, the rest is history. Um, Vanessa is one of those deeply feeling beings whose experience working with people in some of their most vulnerable times in life has led her to have a really insightful perspective on how the small things can make the biggest difference. You'll hear us cover a lot of practical bite-sized tips on how to weave and leverage curiosity into your life so that you can have the help that you need to succeed and thrive. So without further ado, pull up your chair and let's dig in. Welcome back to Lunch with a Life Coach. Today, I am joined by that dynamically fabulous Vanessa Osorio Laughlin. And one of the reasons we deeply connected right off the bat is because Vanessa is deeply committed to finding ways to prevent, respond to, and help others recover from suffering and has continued to expand on the understanding and the practice that it all starts from fostering connection for oneself. As expected, building all of these capacities continues to be a work in progress, along with the occasional experience of technical difficulties and some days darkly hilarious blooper reels. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Really, really happy to be joining you today. Me too. And I know we're at the start of the year. We're kind of at the top of the year, new year, new energy. What's kind of like, what's for lunch for the new year? What's on your plate? You know, I would say that one of the reflections that's been coming to me pretty easily at this point in the year and in this year, 2024, which just sounds like the future, you know, <laughs> um, like where are all the jetpacks we were promised, you know, um, <laughs> But, you know, seriously, look, looking back um, to where we were at five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, and just how different life was and having mm-hmm. almost enough distance between now and then mm. to really compare and maybe better start to understand and integrate all the things that happened to us, mm. all the things that we observed. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that we missed, a lot of mm-hmm. rituals that we had to skip, and for a lot of us too, the people that are no longer in our lives, mm-hmm. um, the people we've lost in different kinds of ways, um, particularly, you know, uh, losses of life, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I think that right now it just feels like um, like when you climb up a mountain, when you're at the midpoint versus the three quarters of the way versus the actual vista at the top, mm-hmm. that perspective I think is is pretty I'm I'm appreciative of it I'm grateful for Mm. it at this point of where we're starting right now in the year Mm -hmm. I love that you use the word integrate because that's something that I've been feeling diff like so deeply and viscerally too that there's been a lot of stuff that has 
happened and that we've kind of just had to like receive willfully or begrudgingly receive into our lives and now it's like this land like I feel like this energy shift is like a landing pad like 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 you said when you're driving up the mountain and like sometimes I definitely like if I'm driving or I'm walking I'm like no just want to get to the top we'll not stop at that vista point and this year feels like oh man that was like the most intense switchback that we had to take for a really long time without any breaks. And now I want that vest, even if it might not be the top, even if it might not be the prettiest, yeah. it feels like this like landing space. Yes, I completely agree. I think in the last six months to a year, we've also had some conversations, you know, in person about the, you know, the shifts, right? For all the things that have, have occurred or things that have not occurred or, you know, just the experiences that we've been through as individuals and collectively in this kind of sense of um, a delayed, we can call it reaction time or grieving or, you know, realizing that we're maybe clenched and holding a lot of things and just even, you know, you can notice that and it doesn't mean that it lets go or goes away, but just by noticing it, you are taking what can be some of the initial steps in the process to like, that word integrate is really important. I, mm-hmm. I have learned from pretty wise and skilled people that it's often not about healing, but growth is about integration of things mm-hmm. that have occurred and that you can think about that in a very neutral way. It's not mm-hmm. negative or positive. It just, it just is. And it's just kind mm-hmm. of something to understand and accept. Mm-hmm. Although there are things that we can consciously and mindfully do to accelerate that process, right, of integration. Because ultimately, when I think of the word integration, it is positive and it is about a sort of calm and a peace and sort of what is that new baseline? What is that new normal? And that's Mm -hmm. really, I think, the position that I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to establishing more, we'll call it again, more solid footing as we we continue to to move ahead, you know? Mm -hmm. What have been the practices, the rituals, the things that you've done that have really helped you to integrate these past few years? Yeah, um, I can think of two big ones off the top of my head uh, in no particular order. I think that, you know, being now in, you know, kind of closer to my mid 40s and for everything that's not just happened in the world, but, you know, happened in my life. I have a, I have a 10 year old now and I have a seven year old and I have, you know, a dog that passed away years ago who was sort of my dog. And now I have mm. two new dogs, right? <laughs> he left big, you know, paw prints to fill. So took two, <laughs> two dogs to backfill his role. But just sort of, you know, again, all that change. But one of the biggest things I think I've learned, you know, just between 33 and 43, let's say, is that I'm trying to get better and better and better at asking for help. Mm. and I think you know we sometimes hear people talk about boundaries and boundary setting and it's kind of all about like what you're not going to do and for me I'm like I'm going to set a boundary uh for chaos and suffering and isolation and loneliness by actively taking steps to raise my hand and tell friends like hey you know what I know you didn't even like check in on me but I just want to reach out I'm kind of going through a hard time how are you doing are you doing really well? Are you also kind of struggling? Like, can we connect in some way? And then of course I have the close friends that I can literally just send a white flag emoji to and they know that that's just like, I need help. 
that give and take and that receiving, right? And acknowledgement and just like real talk has just been something that's gone from almost like, can I to, you know, aspirational, like I'm trying to, to now I think I'm actually pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at asking for help now, which a decade ago, not so much. And it really is about an understanding that it isn't turning into some just sort of like monster who like takes everything and Mm. is like, you know, selfish or self-centered. It's actually part of the mechanism to build bridges Mm. between yourself and other people where if you ask for help when you need it, you get good at that and make it easy for them to support you, then they're going to, that modeling of that going first helps them call you when they need, when they need support. Yes. I could not agree with you more. It's, I love that you touched upon that. It's not greedy or selfish to ask for help. I think that's, you know, especially with people who, you know, were raised in a more like feminine woman centric culture, asking for help is seen as this weakness or, you know, in our culture, I can do it all. I don't, you know, I can do it all myself. It's this barrier that prevents us from actually making real human connection. And someone actually shared with me one time, they're like, you know, Kaylee, when you don't ask for help, you're actually depriving someone the opportunity to show up for you. And that's what they really love to do. Like I'm a total helper. And like when, when I say like, are you're sick? Can I bring you some soup or can I get something for you? Like, I genuinely mean like, I will make you soup. I, I don't even like cooking, but I'll make you soup and I'll like drive it to you. But people think that that's just a nicety when it is actual truth. Like that's how I would love to show up for you. So if we don't ask for help, you're actually depriving someone that opportunity to show you how much they love you or care for you or want to support you. Yeah. Kaylee, I have a question for you. Yes. <laughs> Does it ever like break your heart a little bit if you learn that somebody in your life was going through a hard time, maybe months earlier, and you don't find out about it until they've mm-hmm. kind of like gotten past it. And you think, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, all those opportunities that you were like deprived of, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's interesting. I just kind of wonder that I just in asking you actually just described how it is for me, but I'm just curious, what is it like for you when you find out that that happened? It, oh, it is heartbreaking. It, oh man, that like, that feels sad, actually sad in my heart as I, as I hear that from you and reflect that because I think about, I think about the times where I haven't asked for help and I wanted it. I, I know that I've been in some of those places in in some recent years and maybe I didn't ask for help because I didn't feel safe to. Mm -hmm. So in a way I take that as like someone didn't feel safe asking me for help. That like breaks my heart even more that I didn't create that like place of safety for someone to reach out to me. But if it is really, but you know, not making it about me, it's that I yeah, it makes me really sad that someone was told in their life that that was not the way you go about life or that they were shamed for it or that they were guilted for it, or they were told, no, keep, keep your problems to yourself. Don't be a burden. And I I watched this TV show (laughs) recently and super cheesy, like, couple scene um he he go like she's like the the character they're like becoming a couple and she doesn't want to like 
put all her problems onto him and he yeah. comes back and he goes burden me yes yeah and i need a t-shirt yeah. that says that burden <laughs> me yeah really. give me all of your icky feelings <laughs> i want them <laughs> That's sometimes how I describe my practice. I'm like, no, I want your feelings. People are I mean, like, no. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. There's there's something there. I you you mentioned something like the one of the reasons why somebody maybe didn't reach out. And I think a couple that came to mind in addition to the ones you listed. Mm -hmm. Curious what you think. Mm -hmm. One was somebody maybe actually being in such a bad situation that they just like, couldn't, right? Oh, no. One of the sort of dark humor of many dark humor jokes that we make at, 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 my, uh, at my work uh, is that when things are really, really bad, you can't even get to the phone to call 911, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, when it's like that bad or like whatever the natural disaster it is, it's like wiped out all the phone lines. So they're mm -hmm. like, there is no mechanism to call for help. The other one I would say is, and this one's like, mm, Get ready for a little bit of a heart punch because this one's real sad. Ready? Bracing yourself. People, breathing. Breathing. When people have reached out to help, typically maybe as children or in vulnerable times in their life, and help either didn't come or there was some kind of betrayal where mm -hmm. they were made to regret asking mm -hmm. for help. So maybe somebody swooped in to help but then there was a manipulation aspect mm -hmm. or they did make it about them or it really wasn't given freely. It really wasn't a, a generosity. It was something of a taking in and of mm -hmm. itself. And so I think that it's interesting because there are people that have learned to be self-reliant because unfortunately they've been burned and it's a self-defense yeah. mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so I always think of that when I think about just the capacity of the give and take the asking and receiving mm -hmm. and all of that being a skill, mm -hmm. right? Also Absolutely. to know and evaluate, because, you know, when you say burden me, right, to people, like anybody, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a select group, let's be clear, right? Yep, absolutely. You have boundaries. But I think that it's just interesting to, again, get into the, some of the root causes, um, but ultimately with the goal and understanding that we are social creatures, we are humans, we have connections with each other and with other beings in the world that is, you know, my joke is that's so far above my pay grade that, you know, it's, uh, what is that? There's a great quote, I'm forgetting who says it, but the universe is under no obligation to explain mm. itself to you, you know? <laughs> um, so anyway, all that to say, I think that that is one of, again, asking for receiving or responding to the call for help in a way that is really, truly um, generous mm -hmm. and not, not at the highest order self-serving mm -hmm. is a beautiful way to explore the connections that we all just naturally have, again, with each other and throughout the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a basic survival need of ours to connect mm -hmm. and it's one of the most beautiful ways that we can build that connection and like you said there might have been a lot of ruptures very early on in our lives in our childhoods or maybe repeated ruptures of asking for help and not receiving it or maybe there's a quid pro quo of well if I help you then you got to give me this thing there's the no like yeah, there's no like altruistic 
helping of yeah. offering or receiving. So yeah. one of the things that you mentioned was building the capacity to receive help. And that like, it sounds like over this kind of last 10 year journey, yeah. you've really kind of like, you know, it's like, you're, I feel like you're like growing this basket. You're like weaving this yeah, basket yeah, to grow and like build that capacity. So how, what did you do to like weave that basket of capacity for yourself? Yeah, that expansion you described in that imagery is really great. Um, I think that there's a sensory element to it, quite honestly. Mm. I think that when we go through life experiences that are scary, that are painful, that are ambiguous, that are confusing, that are sad, you know, they bring a mix of emotions and mainly negative emotions. I think, you know, when we're in, for example, a state of grief, after mm -hmm. a loss of life, a death of someone important to us. Or if we're in a recovery zone, let's say after a surgery or the birth of a child, and our body mm -hmm. is literally healing. I don't know about you, but I've noticed in myself and had conversations with other people and I've looked at the literature and the evidence around how it is, it's actually quite an altered state, right? Mm -hmm. And so we might see an enhancement of our, you know, our hearing, our sensitivity to temperature, our tastes might change. You know, we might be sleeping during the day and up at night, right? And so there's this shift. And with that, our experience of the world from a sensory perspective is also going to be either permanently altered or temporarily. And I think during that mm. period of, again, transition or temporary altered state, it offers up an opportunity to notice different things to start to be aware of a different type of cause and effect than that we might have experienced previously. And again, it all starts with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that heightened awareness that comes from the suffering originally, and then from the response to that, again, starting in our body, I think that if we lean into that and respect it and honor it, and if we come to it, even with just curiosity, not even judgment, good or bad, but just curiosity, mm -hmm that can enable us in the long run to maintain some of those, again, increased capacities for maybe mm -hmm. awareness and God forbid, maybe even understanding. And that's gonna help us as we move throughout the world to see that micro expression change on a friend's mm -hmm. face when you say, so how's everything going with you know your kiddo? Mm -hmm. The pauses, the micro expressions, mm -hmm. the shift in the shoulder, right? And so we start to, maybe be aware of the friend that usually calls all the time that stopped calling, mm. right? And so I think that that is a starting point for both compassion and then further inquiry, just as the alert, something's going on. And that for a lot of people has to come, that initial move or that bid or invitation is coming from the friend saying, just checking in, what's the latest? And then kind of going from there. But I do think that when you said earlier, this idea of, oh, did, did, it, did I not create an opening? Did I not help that person feel safe? I, I just want to encourage you that that, like, don't be so hard on yourself, right? <laughs> you wouldn't say that to a friend, like, I needed help and you weren't open enough to like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. You didn't make me feel safe. You probably wouldn't say that. But <laughs> one thing to consider, though, is that um, there's a wisdom in that, right? Like, I'll give you a quick example. Yeah. I would never, ever ask somebody uh, that I knew was taking a big exam. Hey, how did it go? Mm -hmm. How did mm. that big test go? How did the bar exam go? Mm. 
And the only reason I can do that was because of the experience of my husband at the time when he graduated from law school and he took the bar and this is like not a secret and there's no stigma, but he missed it by a half mm. a point the first time he took it. I know the whole thing, Oof. but we have that now as a couple kind of on our list of rules where we're like, mm. you never ask somebody just like mm. you don't ask a college kid. How's your love life? Like leave them alone. If they want to <laughs> bring it up. They'll bring it up. Right. You don't ask somebody like, so are you going to have kids? You can have more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just, mm-hmm. A lot of those questions can seem so innocent mm-hmm. and fine and friendly and warm mm-hmm. until you're like, oh, yeah. If someone, I can ask other questions. If someone really wants to share, they will, mm-hmm. but I don't want to put them in a position, right? And again, that I think that comes back to, it's an awareness, an awareness and a mindfulness and a, oh, wait that innocent question might not be so innocent and you only see that after you've been Mm -hmm. through it yourself. Absolutely. And so like if someone were at that point where they were saying like, I know I want to ask for help. I just like, how do I even get started? How do I even like put out my hand? Like what is it? Like, I feel like this is kind of, it's a two way street. It's both asking for checking in on other people and being the first one to extend the handout but how would you tell someone like how can I put up my hand first and or how can I begin that process of it of weaving that basket yeah. for myself I love that image too this is I feel like we're both weaving this big basket together yeah. right now I love it so this is an interesting take on mm-hmm. that it actually ideally starts before you're in a impending crisis or current Mm -hmm. crisis state right Mm -hmm. so I'll give you a quick little like a Vanessa life hack I love to keep in my uh, I have an iPhone and my contacts I like to keep in the notes and sometimes actually in the like name of the person calling Mm -hmm. me it'll show up because I'll put it under like company what their coffee shop order is but I always know that in summer you know my best friend is going to want like a you know grande vanilla you know, extra ice, like soy milk latte, right? Just so that if I happen to be in the neighborhood, I don't have to like Mm. memorize. But if I say, hey, I'm, I'm stopping by the coffee shop, can I get you anything? You know, and I don't get a response saying yes or no, I can Mm -hmm. just like show up with something. And that's just like, like a nice, lovely little thing to do. Mm -hmm. I'm also keeping track of, again, my core inner circle closest, Mm -hmm. my people. I'm keeping track of things in conversation. Like if they tell me, oh my gosh, did you hear about so-and-so? They had to do a biopsy after a bad mammogram. And like, we don't know what's going to happen next and blah, blah, blah. You can start to have that open conversation and you Mm -hmm. can lead with some inquiry and listening Mm -hmm. and say, oh my gosh, that's scary. Can you imagine if that ever happened to us? I know I would want blah, blah, blah. What would you want in that situation? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. would you want to bring people along with you in that awful waiting period to get the results back? Or would you prefer to have more privacy or do you not know? Mm -hmm. And so I think just elevating the awareness that when things are going, going well, that's temporary. When things are going hard, you know, difficult times, that's Mm -hmm. temporary. They were kind of always in some kind of flux, but I think it's a really interesting thing to know about somebody. Like, I want to know your drink order and I want to know like how you think about how you prepare and how you would want to be Mm -hmm. again, supported. Mm-hmm. because it's going to be different for everybody right um, Absolutely. I have fr- yeah you know I have a, I have a friend who 
when things are really tough, she will not respond to texts or calls or even stop bys, but she'll appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just know, okay, I'm just sending her one way. Is it, and I even say one way message. Yep. I love that. No need I to love respond. those. I find that sometimes when I say no need to respond, those are the messages that actually get more of a response sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've ever found that. <laughs> yes. NNTR, no need mm-hmm. to respond. Yep. Because you've taken the pressure off, right? You've taken the like, you've taken this sense of like, oh, they want something from me, right? And I don't know about you, but to me, that's like kryptonite in a relationship when I have, especially when somebody's asking me for something I cannot give, especially Mm -hmm. when I'm at my like lowest. So Mm -hmm. yeah, an NNTR, no need to respond is definitely something that is like a stock part of an outreach after I learn like that somebody's lost their job or somebody close to them has died or, mm-hmm. you know, that they're going through just whatever kind of like the long list of menu items of tough times that we can oh, all go through. I yeah. love that. And NCR. And by the way, my order is a decaf flat white. Okay. Uh, I'm just writing that down. <laughs> what kind of uh, beverage, like what kind of um, milk? Oh, right. you know, I've actually gone back to like a whole milk. I'm like not oh, on yeah. a, I know I'm like not on the oat milk anymore. That's like a whole nother story. Well, but okay. uh, I got yeah. whole milk in my fridge. My kids yep. drink it and I do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that A2A2, get in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Decaf, flat white. And okay. do you, just a quick question, um, uh-huh. just for a future reference. In the summer, does that mm-hmm. go iced or do you stay hot year round? Ooh, oh, that's such, you know, extra surprise credit. me. Surprise me on extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> possible summer iced okay possible possible depends yeah, on I how will, hot seattle you can gets. hold me accountable you will see this in uh when i see you next uh in person you will see that your contact has been updated mm, i love that and vanessa what are you what are you what's your what's your um, order du jour yeah it's super boring it's just a tall whole milk latte with one pump of usually vanilla it can also be honey it can be Mm. the important thing is that it's not super sweet it's just a a little bit just a little bit sweet yeah Mm -hmm. are you a fan of cardamom love cardamom okay i got you i got you girl that's out of my notes okay and in the summer are you iced or not iced i kind of like it warm year round unless it's like super hot unless Mm -hmm. it's like super hot yeah yeah. I know we get those we get the we're both in Seattle and we get those like <laughs> scary like spikes of like the 104 days where you're like who has AC I'm coming over <laughs> yeah exactly I'm just crawling into the basement cave 100 percent yeah absolutely. okay I'll meet you, I'll meet you there with our coffees <laughs> perfect <laughs> your point about the little details and asking for help when you don't need it I think that one that's one of my my biggest tricks is like in any type of situation. So like you know that my work is all about the nervous system, and people are yes. like, okay, so I should save this practice for when I'm in crisis, right? And I'm like, no, no. honey, please, please, yeah. no. Like your system would would love the hug right now from yeah. this practice because we're not just building capacity by putting ourselves through the fire. Yeah. We are building capacity for also experiencing more joy. And one of the safest times times for you to ask for help is when you don't need it because, and then it's less of a threat to the system. Mm -hmm. So if you say like, and you can start small, right? It's like, Hey, Vanessa, are you, 
are you around this weekend? Like, I'm not even asking you for anything. I'm just asking if you're around. And you could be like, nah, I'm away on a trip. I'm like doing something fabulous in the woods or. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Yeah, but sure. Let's go with that story. (laughs) I'm I'm manifesting it for you. (laughs) Or you can be like, yeah, sure. What's up? And then I can ask my question. Yeah. So I love this idea of asking for details and being curious and turning on the curiosity to truly listening to someone is what you're also saying is not just like letting all these little details like roll by you when you're in the candle store with your friend. I I was in a, I was in a clothing store with my, one of my best friends who was visiting and she was like, I love candles. And so I like tried to like like, see what she was buying and write down the candles that she likes so I could go send them to her later. I mean, isn't that what we all want? Somebody who knows what our favorite candle smell is. In fact, we actually do a survey when people, new people come onto our team mm-hmm. and we keep it and it's up, up posted on the sort of, you know, shared uh, mm-hmm. document site. And it has, you know, of course, like birthday and like work anniversary. Mm-hmm. It includes though, we call it, um, you'll appreciate this treat modality. Ooh, I So how do you like that. to be treated? What is, what is the modality? And, um, and then but the first column is what are your preferred like you know flavors and like mm-hmm. do you like crunchy versus soft like those kind of things again very sensory mm-hmm. but then we say what kind of treats do you hate like what do you like miss me with the spicy cheetos right <laughs> and what is amazing is to see how when you look at that kind of from everybody is how sometimes completely opposite right so if you were to say get a team gift that was like everybody gets spicy cheetos you'd be like making somebody's day but also another person would be like do you want mine <laughs> you know and so i think that those sort of details can really matter because i just it, you feel both knowing and known when you have mm. established that sort of more mm-hmm. It's the it's the beautiful patina, I think, of a relationship or a friendship mm-hmm. when when those details are are there and intact and remembered. And it's just again, it's there's just a more of a richness to an experience for everybody. When you see that look on your friend's face, right? When you like give them the like sage mm-hmm. citrus candle that they were like, this has been discontinued. And you're like, yeah, I bought a five-year supply and you're gonna get one every year on your birthday, right? And like that's like, you know, that's Kaylee, that's an act mm-hmm. of love, that you know, is. so, is. and it's a candle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're reminding me of my best friend who one day we were on a hike and I was like, oh man, I'm getting a little hungry. And I have been known, I've like curbed it in the past few years, but I've been known to get a little hangry sometimes. Yes. And she literally like, it's not your fault, Kaylee. She whipped out her backpack and she brought out a little packet of jalapeno chips which have like perennially been my favorite type of chip and I was like you goddess you you know me I felt so seen in that moment uh shout out to my bestie Uh, but I saw (laughs) I saw I felt so seen by her in that moment that that was like this this tiny little moment of connection thread that Like if we're talking about weaving, those are the threads that bind. Yes. 
And those are the threads that when you were like, when tested, when a friendship is tested, when a relationship is tested, because inevitably living through this life, they're going to be tested. Those are the threads that you can go back and be like, yeah, that's a, that's a true one. That's a real, Do you know, in weaving, you have the weaving, but you have the warping. Uh, did you know that I was a weaver in my past No, but I think you might be talking about the warping, right? That's like, has to be there before you can even weave, right? And so So it's the warp and the weft. The so, web. Thank you. Yeah, Thank the you. Web. The warp and the web. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. you might be talking about some like that was like that was a foundational piece of a structural, that's a yeah. load bearing component of your definitely. Uh, that your was definitely the warp. Totally. So jalapeno chips are my warp. <laughs> <laughs> noted um, <laughs> I love how I'm getting all this intel from you right now I'm just like yes <laughs> yes um for sure I mean this is I mean now I mean we're having lunch right like this is the, the whole deal about having lunch that's is, like, we learn about, little like, things <laughs> yes I know it's also lunchtime here so we're like yes delicious things I know I think this is like a really good spot to ask you a few questions to round out our time together. Absolutely. I'd love to. I know that we're sitting down to have our proverbial lunch right now, but if you could sit down and have lunch with anyone, who would you invite? Oh, it's a long list. Um, Long list. And I will say subject to change right now. Oh, I would love to sit down and talk with RuPaul Charles. Mm. (laughs) mama (laughs) mama mother the fabulous just such an absolutely incredible and interesting person and you know I will say in the the space of pronouns uh, I read an, uh, an interview where they said he she they them whatever you know I'm open to whatever you might describe. And I just thought, I was just like, oh, I hadn't heard that before. That's pretty cool. Um, But just that sort of fluidity and openness and also Mm -hmm. saying, you know, it's not about me. What do you want to use? Make it your own, you know, what you call me. So I thought that was Mm -hmm. kind of special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. I know. And what what history RuPaul has seen in in a lifetime. It's Mm -hmm. just wisdom for sure. Mm -hmm. And sass, right? Like that would be like a very entertaining lunch. And creativity and talk about integration. And like, yeah, I'm a huge, 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 like shameless, completely committed RuPaul's Drag Race fan. <laughs> I watch, I watch the episodes from other countries. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm committed. So yeah. It is very committed. I only started watching about like, like in 2020, I started watching in Mexico of all places. I got yeah. food poisoning and I was like, what's oh. there on, what's there on like oh. Mexican Netflix? And yeah. it was RuPaul and thus Love began, it. thus began that. And um, that actually inspires me to ask you a question. Sure. Which RuPaul asks all yeah. of the last contestants as he holds, as they, he, she, it, they hold as Mama Ru. Mama Ru holds Mama Ru. up a picture. I don't oh. have a I don't have a baby Vanessa yeah. picture. But cute. What, what, I will tell you, cute picture. You, oh, I'm sh- I have no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> um, beautiful person sit in front of me. Um, <laughs> but what would you tell your younger self? Oh my gosh, I'm literally having my like 
top three on the runway RuPaul like I'm living the fantasy right now I mean I'd be lying if I said I hadn't thought about this before but <laughs> say, what would I say to little Vanessa I would probably well I probably have a lot to say but let's just say like it's a three-year-old version right mm -hmm. sure I think I might say there's a long and bumpy road ahead of you, mm. <laughs> especially in the next couple of years. Things are going to get real, real mm. interesting. It's going to take you a while to integrate and understand and maybe start to wrap your head around it all. But that, that's going to be okay. That's mm. part of the process. And just remember that whenever you hear somebody tell you, listen to your voice, listen to your gut, listen to your inner guide listen to them because that won't steer you wrong. And you have more wisdom at three <laughs> than, uh, than some people acquire in their entire lives and use it, use that wisdom when you need it, believe in yourself, listen to your, <laughs> listen to your voice. <clears throat> yeah. Even if you start to cough, <laughs> even if you start to lose your voice, <clears throat> Even if it sounds a little weird, mm -hmm. take your time, take a breath, gather yourself, but don't, um, don't shut it down and don't let anybody else stop you either. I love that. I actually started this new year off with no voice, actually almost losing it. And I felt that that was wow. very auspicious of entering into the year by listening rather than by speaking. Yep. Oh, oh, so good. And what is one ingredient you hope people will add to their recipe to thrive? Well, cardamom, obviously. <laughs> I talked about cardamom and yes. how it's both savory and sweet and incredible and memorable. Um, one thing uh, that in terms of, yeah, a, an ingredient, right? So I like this metaphor. And again, we're hungry. It's the middle of the day. It's all good. I would say curiosity, I think is never a bad, mm. a bad sort of trait to cultivate and be mindful of. Curiosity about everything, ourselves, curiosity about others, curiosity about the world. I love that curiosity really relieves us of judgment, mm. Mm -hmm. which mm. can take us in different directions that we might uh we might regret sometimes. So curiosity is when in doubt, return to curiosity. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I'm curious, I've shared with you one of my favorite snacks, Good. but Stay what's, curious. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite snack? Vincent? Oh gosh. So I actually have a friend uh, I've known since high school and he knows that if he hears about me having a no good, terrible, awful, very bad day, he actually just drops off a bag of the most brilli brilliantly colored, not natural neon orange Cheetos, the puffy kind that will like stain your hands as you're eating them. And it is a guilty pleasure. I try to eat, you know, well and an anti-inflammatory diet and it's all about longevity and taking care of your body. But you know what? Sometimes... 
a little indulgence, right? Is that everything in moderation, including moderation. Mm -hmm. So yes, my favorite, I would say favorite, especially for kind of a, a, a tough time or even mm -hmm. just like indulgent would be, yeah. Mm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty cheap date in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it's not, not super elevated or fancy. So yes. I love it. Lesson learned today integrate in all the beautiful ways ask for help get curious and sometimes you just need a cheeto yeah a hot tip for any listeners if you ever invite want to invite us to a party make sure there's a bowl <laughs> of jalapeno chips um yes. <laughs> and some cheetos puffs and you know you'll you'll make a tough couple of people real happy <laughs> done now we know whoever invites us is going to have like an amazing party and that it's going to be really inexpensive. <laughs> Amazing, Vanessa. I have so enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom, sharing your experience of how we're integrating. And I can't wait to see how you continue to weave and what like jet fuel pack you put on to get up to the vista of the mountain. Love it. Thank you so much. If this podcast has nourished you in some way, it would mean so much to me if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to click and follow the pod so you never miss an episode. You can do so on the main show page on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you're there, if you'd be willing to leave a review and share an episode with a friend, I would be so grateful. I appreciate you so very much.